Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. I'll tell you, having worked at 211 for as long as I have, there are so many more services in this community than I had ever known possible. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we talk about what you need besides money before you retire. If you're already retired, we can give you some ideas on how to make your retirement better. Remember, there's things to think about besides money when dealing with your retirement. And if you'd like to have a more interactive experience, join our private Facebook group by searching for Rock Your Retirement Community on Facebook. Today is the day when we are speaking with Elena Kalinowski. And I am so excited that Elena has agreed to join us on the show today because she works with a really important program called 211 San Diego. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. We really appreciate it. How did you get involved in 211? So I came to 211 almost four years ago, and my connection to 211 is actually a long-standing connection. Our current CEO, John Ohanian, he actually was one of the very first people I met here in San Diego County when I moved here almost 10 years ago because he was working at the Alzheimer's Association, which is now Alzheimer's San Diego. And, and actually, John, our CEO here at Tulin, hired me at the Alzheimer's Association about 10 years ago. So he's hired me twice. Wow, that's really interesting. My dad was fairly recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and you're an that's angel. That's really scary, yeah. And that's, that is a really you know, kind of scary diagnosis, especially if you don't feel like you know what kinds of resources are available to you to walk through that reality and that journey. And and something like the Alzheimer's Association is such an amazing resource. And I really, I really appreciate my time there. I was one of the family consultants for a number of years. So I primarily worked with caregivers and persons who had been recently diagnosed with progressive dementia. 
And that's really how I got to know and understand the health and social services in San Diego County, especially services for older adults and, and, and caregivers. And that's really how I, I then found my way to 211 because 211 works with all persons and all services. But I've always had kind of a place in my heart for services that are centered around and focused on being there for um, older adults, particularly. Well, that's really cool. So when you were at Alzheimer's Association, you were kind of like a mini 211. Yeah, basically, it was the mini 211 for anything that has to do with caregiving and and also just knowing how to respond to the changes that people experience when someone in their family has some kind of progressive dementia. So everything from needing in-home help, maybe that's legal and financial planning resources, so maybe an elder law attorney that might be questioned on how to come up with the best ways to respond and communicate effectively and lovingly with the person who has this disease. And so knowing how to really adapt as a caregiver and as family members and relationships. So guiding people through that transition, as well as how to access the services that are in the community so that they have the most tools in their tool belt for coping with the realities of a disease like Alzheimer's. Well, Thank you so much for doing that all those years. And now let's fast forward to today. And now you're at 211 San Diego. Tell us what 211 San Diego does. Kathy, that's actually a really difficult question at times. Um, <laughs> 211 does actually a lot of different things. So at our kind of core, simplest level, we are a number that the FCC designated to be a free number that people can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, get to a real human person, (laughs) which I think in and of itself is a challenge sometimes, get to a real human person and have a place to be able to say, this is my situation. This is what's going on in my life. Please tell me about all of the resources in the community. And they might be resources provided by nonprofit organizations, faith-based organizations that serve the whole community, or a governmental entity, like a program that's provided by the county or something like that. And so based on my situation of all of the resources in the community, what is relevant to me? What will help me address whatever's happening in my life? And particularly, help me guide myself to what is available that I'm actually eligible for. And that that last point tends to be, I think, sometimes the most difficult part of the navigation process because there's so many resources in San Diego County, which is amazing, but it can be really overwhelming to know, well, of these programs that are out here, what is actually relevant to me? What's appropriate for me based on who I am? I have to tell you, I am so glad that you just said that because I went on 211 and I did a couple of searches. I went on the website 211. I didn't make a phone call. And I just put in my zip code and I searched for Medicare and I got 101 results. The second time I searched for elder law and I got 882 results. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, that is right. so overwhelming. <laughs> exactly. And that is sometimes just too much. And so what happens when someone calls 211 and we get about 1,200 calls a day. Um, oh my from gosh. People, yeah, from people all over the county and Imperial County. But people calling us really for everything. Um, people are calling us because they, they don't have any food in their house or they're looking for maybe a support group or classes or they might be looking for 
housing or ways to get involved in their community. So it really varies. We have a bit of a champagne problem here in San Diego where we do. We have amazing amount of resources. We have so many amazing nonprofit organizations that provide really specific and helpful services, but most programs are going to require some kind of kind of eligibility criteria. So that might be something pretty broad, like, you know, this program is specifically for persons over the age of 60 who live in North County, North County Coastal or something like that. So they're all, for example, nonprofit or governmental type agencies. By and large. Uh, We do have for-profit agencies in our database, but that's often when they are meeting a need that is not being provided by a nonprofit organization. But by and large, the resources that we have in our database that our call center staff is referring to when they're talking to someone on the phone is primarily going to be referred to a nonprofit organization or a governmental program. Okay. Now, you said that there were 15,000 organizations here in San Diego that are part of your program. Did I get that right? Not quite. We have we have about 1,500 different organizations in our database. And then each of those organizations will have often many kinds of services. Oh, okay. 15,000 resources. Yes. Not companies. We're not nonprofits Correct. and churches. Correct. Okay. How do you vet those 1,500 or so organizations? Kathy, that's a really good question. So we do have a vetting process. We really want to make sure that the resources we're referring clients to, you know, have gone through a bit of a sniff test, right? We don't want just any old organization, any fly-by-the-night organization to be in our database. So we we have a whole resource and data team that is there to really do the vetting process. So we First of all, all the kind of the base stuff. So if your agency provides a service that requires some kind of licensure, you have to be able to to supply any essentially certifications or licensure or any documentation that a governing body might require. And so business licenses, being able to demonstrate that essentially you do what you say you do, right? We want the organizations in our database that we are referring people to, to be exactly as as they say they are and so that the services we're referring people to, they can go to that organization and expect to get the service that they were told about. Okay, well, that makes total sense. Do the people that you refer to ever come back to you and say, oh, this really wasn't what I thought or I didn't like them, kind of like an internal Yelp review? That's a good question. A lot of people do call us back, oftentimes because they need something else, and so they're looking for another another need. And, and actually, I'll use myself as an example, and I think sometimes that can be the easiest way to have a concrete <laughs> example. So I'm fairly young. I'm 33. But four years ago, I was on vacation in Istanbul, and my retina spontaneously detached. Oh, no. Sometimes things just happen, right? And eight surgeries later, and, you know, glaucoma and retinal detachments and cataracts and a whole host of surgeries, I am no longer sighted in my right eye. I don't see. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And and I, I've, you know, kind of since, well, actually, you know what? I'm a really good example. You know, sometimes things happen 
in life, and then you have to essentially adapt. Four years down the road, I'm essentially an expert in eyeballs and resources that have to do with eyeballs <laughs> and blindness. I'm so sighted in my in my left eye, but I, you know, I I did. I had some adjustment, and so when I was looking for resources to kind of address that situation, I ended up benefiting from accessing services like the Department of Rehabilitation, Access to Independence, the Center for the Blind and Vision Impaired, the Braille Institute, you know, a number of different services. Now, they were all connected to this incident in my life, right? This, this moment in time where I went blind in my right eye, but they all provided different kinds of services. And so I might call, as Say I'm someone calling 211. I might call and say, "Hey 211, can you tell me about organizations that will help me purchase and use adaptive technology, like the Department of Rehabilitation or Access to Independence?" And so I call them. I get and use their services, and then maybe I call back and I say, "Hey 211, you know I'm having a difficult time coping with the changes in my life as a result of not seeing out of my one eye." Do you know of any kinds of counseling supportive services available that work specifically with people who are dealing with and responding to disabilities? And so then they say, well, you know what? The Center for the Blind and Vision Impaired has counselors there. So it's addressing essentially the same incident, but there's multiple kinds of services I might want to benefit from using. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's where it can be really helpful. And so, yes, people do call us back. And especially if something doesn't work out, we want people to call us back because there are just a lot of resources and we want to see, well, if that didn't work, what else is out there? Because so often we don't even know what to look for, you know, right. until, until, exactly. we, until we do. Exactly. <laughs> right? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know even what to ask. Oh, no, I didn't either. Yeah, until until I needed to know about services for people with low vision, those resources were wholly unknown to me and kind of irrelevant to my life, right? And that's how a lot of people experience things. <laughs> Did this happen after you joined 211 or before? It actually happened right before. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was sort of provident that you <laughs> joined for one one and learned about all these programs at the same time. Or why do I keep saying four one one? That's actually a really good point. A lot of people wonder what is the difference between four one one and two one one. And actually, the biggest difference is when I call four one one, which is information. It's basically the yellow pages, right? So it's being able to say, what's the number for the Department of Rehabilitation? If you don't know what to look for, it's not so helpful, right? And then the same can be true for like Google. Google is great to find about a lot of different services, but it's 10 only... 10 million, 5,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's only helpful if you know what to look for. And exactly. so often, nonprofit organizations in particular, they don't have giant marketing budgets. They don't really have the ability to get the word out. And so a lot of times there's these amazing programs that are available that people just simply don't know exist. Let me ask you a question. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, but, no, no. Go ahead. Um, like I said, when I did the search before and I got all these search results, you must do a lot of training with your staff to help them narrow down what somebody is really looking for. Yeah. And, and part of that is when someone calls, we do ask enough questions about someone's situation so that we know what to be looking for. 
right? So if I live, for instance, if I live in central San Diego, a resource available to me up in, you know, Vista or Oceanside just might not be an option. I might not be able to even get to that resource. Um, And so even something as simple as location, which, you know, it's not actually so simple in San Diego County. We're a huge county. Getting from one end of the county to another is is no small feat. So when we when someone calls, we want to have a good understanding of someone's situation, including the logistical realities that might really inform what services are relevant to them or not. And so we do ask enough questions to really do that narrowing down, including like so for instance, we're a military town. In San Diego County, we have I believe like 3.3 million people living in San Diego County. And don't quote me, but I I believe I heard recently that about a third of the population is somehow connected to the military. I believe it. I believe that too. I heard that. So, because it it rings true. And, And part of that is, you know, when we talk about resources and especially say for folks who are retiring, you know, we might be over the age of 60, um, but we might also be veterans, or we might be um, a spouse of a veteran. What kinds of resources are available to me if I am a veteran or a spouse of a veteran really varies if I'm not, right? So looking at all possible resources based on all the kind of elements of who I am can really narrow down, but also expand what's available to you. So, and that can be, that can be difficult, right? Because most of us see ourselves as, well, this is, this is me. This is my story. We might not think of ourselves as such and such category. Right. We want to see people as kind of a whole person when they call and really get a good sense of what is your situation, because that might really change how resources are available to you. Now, are your people that work for or with 211, are they employees or are they volunteers? That's a good question. All of the people who answer the 211 line are employees. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. So we, it's staff. I believe we have a staff of about 150 right now. Oh, you're big. Yeah. We, we have quite the, <laughs> quite the operation, actually. But I will say... Since, you know, this is especially relevant, I think, for San Diego County, part of the FCC's designation of the 211 dialing code is that in the event of a disaster, 211 is the non-emergency information line to call for disaster-related information. Well, that is good to know. Yeah, it is. Really important things like, am I being evacuated? Where am I being evacuated to? How am I supposed to get there? <laughs> What's available at that shelter when I get there? Right? So all these really pertinent questions that are essential to know the answers to during a disaster, but they are not life-threatening, so it's not a 911 call, that's 211. Now, during disaster, you know, we get activated, if you will, kind of switch into our disaster mode. And what that means is we essentially surge up because we get a lot of calls. So we have a seat at the county's Office of Emergency Services Joint Information Center. And so we're getting live information as it's coming in and being vetted by the county. And they're coordinating all of the different first responding entities like Cal Fire and the Sheriff's Department and Highway Patrol and different groups that are part of the first responding crew. And so we get that information coming in at real time and are able to disseminate that to the public. Now, because the surge of calls goes so extreme, 
and the calls become very simple. You know, there are things like, do I have to leave my home or not? And not so much a an assessment like we would on a regular 2-1-1 call during regular non-disaster times. We do have volunteers during that time That's to answer those to calls. Yeah. So we use volunteers because they're very simple calls. But for our main 2-1-1 line, when people are calling for really complex needs and questions and concerns, those are all staff members. I am imagining rows and rows of desks with phones on them, with people answering the phones, you know, like a call center. I'm, that's what I'm imagining. Is that what it's like, Elena? Yeah, actually, that's, that's actually not a terrible picture of how we are. Now, we have a really beautiful facility actually here in Kearney Mesa. It, we have a pretty high technology. Part of that is we, we really want to be able to handle the volume of calls in a timely and really helpful and efficient and humane fashion. And so we have kind of an open floor plan model of different desks and we have a whole quality assurance team that is there to really look at how are the calls being handled. We want to make sure people are talked to respectfully and empathetically and really um, are as helpful as they need to be and as helpful as people really need them to be when they call. And so we also want to make sure that people are, our staff is really hearing and understanding people's circumstances well. And so our quality team coach to every staff every month about their calls and see how they're doing and how the referral process, how they're narrowing those referrals down. And so it's a pretty involved operation. You know, it's not just a, couple people answering their phone and looking down a binder of resources. <laughs> right, right. Looking at a binder. Elena, what is the most unusual request that has come to 211 San Diego? If you can dream it, it's probably come our way. I'll tell you for myself, I thought it was it was kind of odd and amusing. I was out in the community and I was talking to some people and one woman, she says to me, oh, 211, I just called you guys. I, I just found a dead bird and I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I was like, well, and then I asked her, I was like, you know, were they able to help you? And she's like, yeah, it was great. Oh, good. <laughs> so, good. That's good. I'm glad. But, you know, that's a really simple type of circumstance. But really, we're talking to people often and most of the time in really critical situations, right? And everyone's situation is unique and varies. Um, well, about the dead bird thing, I remember a few years ago when they were telling us to call about dead birds. Remember the bird yeah, flu? Right, exactly. Exactly. And it might be connected to a larger public health need that we're trying to track. And that's one thing I do want to know. You know, we work really closely with our county's Department of Public Health and with social services, but especially for public health, you know, we are a pretty easy number to remember. Just 211. We want people to feel that they have got a place to go to access information, right? We want people to have all information necessary at their fingertips. And so we work really closely with the Department of Public Health to make sure people know, you know, where are their cool zones? You know, in the summertime when it's really hot and you want to know, maybe you don't have air conditioning in your house, where are the places you can go that are air conditioned that you can just hang out? And we know that that's really important. And so we have an integrated map 
and uh, our call center staff is, is constantly telling people about all the different cool zones or where people can go and get their taxes filed for free at the volunteer income tax sites. We'll tell people where they can go to get their flu shots and get their blood pressure read. So we, we really try and also be a point of dissemination for information that is for everyone's benefit and that really benefits our whole community. That is awesome. I'm so glad that 211 San Diego exists. Now, is this is this a national program or is it only in San Diego? About 98% of the population in the United States is under a 211 jurisdiction. Now, one thing I'll just kind of note is when the SEC designated that 211 dialing code, they basically said as long as you are providing information or referral about health and social services and you are the number to call for non-emergency information during a disaster, that's it. And so what you'll see is across the country, 211s vary kind of drastically. You'll see 211s like 211 San Diego, where they have pretty involved programs that are quite in-depth and are integrated throughout the community. You see some 211s that are a program of, say, United Way, and they're not a standalone 211, but they're an involved program that's integrated. And you see 211 dialing codes being operated sometimes by counties or cities. So it varies, but at its core, 211 is that number to call to be connected to services. So my listeners who are not in the San Diego area can still most likely call 211. Yes. Can they call from their cell phone? Yes. It's a free number from any kind of phone. So your landline, your cell phone, and if you come upon one of the mystical unicorn of payphones, those two. Um, I haven't seen a payphone in years, so I don't even know (laughs) if that's an option. Um, But yeah, from your cell phone, it's wherever. And it's based on the cell towers. So if I call, I'm from upstate New York, for instance. If I am home visiting my family and I call 211, I'll be routed to the 211 closest to me in New York. I won't be routed to San Diego because it's based off of cell towers in that case. So yes, they can call from their cell phones. It's a free call and it is 24 hours. In you know what? That's really good to know because I would think that I couldn't use it for my cell phone because I don't think I can call 911 for my cell. So that's pretty awesome. We want people to know that, you know, we know that there's a lot of ways that people want information and want to communicate. So we do have a website, which I should note is under construction. And so it will be uh, significantly smoother and easier to search and narrow down resources come the future. We tell people information. We can email them information. We want people to be empowered and equipped with knowledge of what is out there and how to, how to access it and how to use it. And how is a resource meaningful in their life and relevant to their circumstance? And so we really want people to ask for and request information in any format that is most helpful to them. Now, what about in person? Do you do that? We are currently not doing a lot of in-person assistance. However, we have a couple specialty lines that sometimes does. So, for instance, in partnership with Mental Health Systems and Veterans Village of San Diego, 211 staffs the Courage to Call line. And so Courage to Call is our veteran staff line that is specifically for active duty military veterans and their family members to be able to call, speak to someone who, you know, kind of already speaks their lived experience and cultural language of having served in the military and transitioned into veteran status. And 
navigate through all of the different resources that are specifically available to service members and veterans, but also just have someone to talk to and some peer-to-peer support. With that, we also have a Master's of Social Work level individual who is there to really take on those complex and difficult cases that really require some a, a deeper dive into what's going on and maybe some advocacy and perhaps some really facilitated connection to the services that that individual needs. And so we will offer 100% follow-up to individuals who call Courage to Call and really walk with them to make sure that they're getting connected to the thing that they need. And there's times where the, the folks with Courage to Call will meet with someone and do a deeper dive into their circumstances and really find out what could they benefit from. Um, so that that's one circumstance where that's a service and an element to the work that we do. But 95, 99% of the time it's over the phone, correct? That is correct. One thing I will also note, because I think it's I personally think it is particularly relevant. And also, having worked with caregivers for so long, I feel that it's particularly difficult sometimes to navigate the health systems. And we have a health navigation team that is similar to our Courage to Call team that is there just to guide people through all of the health services in the community. And that might be advocacy needs like, for instance, like the Consumer Center for Health Education, which is Legal Aid's health arm, um, or San Diego's for healthcare coverage. And that might be information on just coverage in general, like insurance and covered California. But that might also be helping folks who have coverage but aren't seeming to be able to get the resources or services that they need or should be covered. I just had a, a person call me today for what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. which is I sell Medicare insurance. It's not really something that I talk about on the show, but she called me because her mother is moving here from Hong Kong mm-hmm. and she had lived here before. She gets a social security check and then she went to Hong Kong two years ago and now she's coming back and she's going to be living here in San Diego in a nursing home. When she moved to Hong Kong the first time, she canceled her Medicare insurance. Mm -hmm. And so now it's been two years that she hasn't had Medicare insurance. She's not eligible to enroll for Medicare now until January of 2017. And then according to Medicare, her insurance won't kick in until July. And so she is now with no insurance and in a nursing home and she's 94 years old. Wow. Is this somebody that I could refer to 211 for resources? I referred her to a couple of places that can help her get on Medi-Cal, although I'm not a Medi-Cal expert, so mm-hmm. I don't even know if she qualifies. A couple of things come to mind, and actually our health navigation team will probably be more experted in this, but I think of a couple things. One, because we work with people all the time who don't have health insurance, who need health services. And that might be because someone is undocumented or are in similar circumstances where they're in kind of a state of limbo of coverage. We work with a lot of different providers and community programs that are specifically for or at least available to individuals who do not have any kind of health insurance. But we also work really closely with Medi-Cal and are able to guide someone through, even if For whatever reason, Medicare can't be squared away, which maybe there are options for that to be the case where we could maybe work with, say, legal aid or other entities to make sure that she does access her Medicare. Or perhaps since she's not eligible for Medicare right now, she purchased a a plan through Covered California 
if her income allows for that. So there might be some options that can be explored, but especially if she needs to access health services in the meantime, making sure she's getting connected to those health services to bridge as the coverage is being sorted out. That's really good to know. What about if somebody's in a nursing home and they can't really travel, you know, they're they're there for a reason. Are there any services that they can access where a doctor or a medical professional can come to them? Or is that really not a, available? Well, actually, a lot of nursing homes already have visiting physicians, usually contracted with or in somehow partnered with that facility, especially like when you see, um, I suspect in this case, it's a skilled nursing facility that accepts Medi-Cal, I would presume in this case, um, in which case there's generally a medical provider on staff, or at least not on staff, but that comes to the facility. Yeah. So that's often the case for facilities. Now, if someone say were to be living at home, we would probably try and connect them with, you know, a visiting physician because um, there are home visiting physicians, including physical therapists and primary care docs. And there's a couple of neurologists that will do visiting services. So those do exist. And we do try to make sure people are aware of them and know how to get connected to them. That's awesome. I mean, you have been such a wealth of information. I am so glad that you came on the show today. So how can somebody access your services? Do they just call 211 or? Pretty much the simplest way. And, you know, I will say this too. A lot of times, and, and, you know, this might be just how I'm wired and maybe this isn't for everyone else, but I find that a lot of times, sometimes just calling someone and talking to another person and being able to just say, this is what's going on. Just tell me what I, tell me what I can do. Tell me who's out there is really what people find, I think, most sometimes comforting and centering because when you're in any kind of crisis, whatever that might be, maybe it's that you just went blind in one eye or maybe you just now found out about a spouse that's being diagnosed with a, with a dementia. Whatever it is, it, it's scary and it's difficult and you're trying to get help. And most of us humans, I would say the vast majority of us humans are quite resourceful and we're quite good at problem solving. And we, we're really good at adapting and coping and learning about what is out there. And I think it can be, it can be overwhelming and it can be difficult, I think, to reach out and find out what is out there. Because sometimes we've maybe already tried or we've already looked, but I'll tell you, having worked at 211 for as long as I have, there are so many more services in this community than I had ever known <laughs> possible. Um, and, and really, I, you know, I just always encourage people to call because worst case scenario, there isn't something. Okay, well, then now you know. A lot of times there are services that people just simply don't know about and that are so helpful and might be the, the key difference between, you know, kind of living well and independently and thriving and, and not, not having that stability. Um, I think of, for instance, Jewish Family Services uh, is a really good example. Jewish Family Services, an amazing nonprofit organization here in San Diego. By the way, you don't have to be Jewish to access their services. They serve the whole community. They have a program called the Fix-It Program. And it's a, it's a free service that is staffed by volunteers that will come and do minor home modifications. So minor home services. So like, for instance, like installing a grab bar into your, your bathroom. 
you know, that might be something really small on paper, but it might really be the difference between feeling safe and secure in your home or making sure that your spouse feels safe and secure in, your, in their home. And so what an amazing service that, that is a amazing. lot of people just don't know about, right? And so I think that what always propels me to talk about 211 is I, I just know there are so many amazing services that just go unused, and they're there for the community to use and as a tool to thrive and live how they want to be living. And if you don't know that it's there, you miss out. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And you've been a wealth of knowledge. Thanks for coming on the show and explaining how 211 works for our listeners. So everybody, call 211 if you have a question. <laughs> and chances are they'll be able to answer it. So Elena, thank you. And for our listeners, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Thank you, Kathy. It was a pleasure to be here. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. We put together a cute little freebie for you, which is how you can use 211 to find a place to volunteer. To get that freebie, just go to rockyourretirement.com slash volunteer 211. And the numbers are just that. They're the numbers not letters. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Hi, this is Kathy. When I'm not hosting Rock Your Retirement, I'm helping people with their Medicare insurance. One of the times you need to check your Medicare insurance is when you've moved. To get my free guide, Five Things You Need to Know About Medicare When You Are Moving, just go to medicarequick.com slash move. And in the meantime, listen to these cool disclosures. Neither Medicare Quick nor its agents is connected with the federal Medicare program. Medical insurance licensed in the states of California, Florida, Nevada, and Texas, and Medicare Advantage and Prescription Drug Plan service areas vary. California Insurance License 0797566.